My message this morning is a combination of testimony and exhortation. Now, do you all know what an exhortation is? It's a strong address or communication emphatically urging someone to do something. So when someone exhorts you, they're saying, I really want you to do this. <laughs> okay? I was reading in uh, Oswald Chambers' book, My Utmost for His Highest, this past week. It's a daily reading book filled with uh, teachings on Scripture. And the one that I came across for Saturday and Sunday last week really caught my attention. Now, as you all know, I've been in the process of losing my home, finding a new one, and all that moving palaver that goes along with all of that. Boxes and sorting and ridding out and pitching and throwing and whining and complaining and being tired and grumpy and all that sort of stuff when things didn't seem to be going my way. Me? Yes, of course, I was. <laughs> Not to mention the changeover of all the church stuff that we've been going through and the loss of a friendship. But, and this is a big but, when I read this last week, it really hit home. And I'm going to read this to you. So just hang on for a second. I've got to take my glasses off because I can't read that print. Come on. And this says, are you ready to be poured out as an offering? In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6, Paul says, I am already being poured out as a drink offering. Mr. Chambers says, are you ready to be poured out as an offering? It is an act of your will, not your emotions. Tell God you are ready to be offered as a sacrifice for him. Then accept the consequences as they come without any complaints. In spite of what God may send your way, God sends you through a crisis in private where no other person can help you. From the outside, your life may appear to be the same, but the difference is taking place in your will. You will take, oh no, once you have experienced the crisis in your will, you will take no thought of the cost when it begins to affect you externally. If you don't deal with God on the level of your will first, the result will be only to arouse sympathy for yourself. In Psalm 118, the psalmist says, bind the sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. And Mr. Chambers goes on, you must be willing to be placed on the altar and go through the fire, willing to experience what the altar represents, burning, purification, and separation for only one purpose, the elimination of every desire and affection not grounded in or directed towards God. You don't eliminate it, however. God does. You bind the sacrifice to the horns of the altar and see to it that you don't wallow in self-pity once the fire begins. Ouch. After you have gone through the fire, there will be nothing that will be able to trouble or depress you. When another crisis arises, you will realize that things cannot touch you as they used to do. What fire lies ahead in your life? Tell God you are ready to be poured out as an offering, and God will prove himself to be all you ever dreamed he would be. Now that's pretty heady stuff. 
And it really hit home with me. Every day through this long process from mid-September to now, I've been reminded almost daily of why I came to England in the first place. Yes, it was the culmination of a lifelong dream, but it was first and foremost a desire to serve. In the mid-60s, I recognized that England had sent out hundreds of missionaries all over the world across many centuries. But now she needed her missionaries to come home again to reach this lost generation. So when the opportunity presented itself, I jumped. I counted some of the cost beforehand, but little did I know I would be asked to sacrifice the amount of emotional wrenching that would come as a result. I've lost two sisters, my father, my brother, my ex-husband, the growing up lives of all of my grandchildren over the past 22 years. There are times when I feel like Apostle Paul when he recounted all the ways that serving the Lord had brought him suffering. But he had dedicated himself to the work of the good news that Jesus, the Messiah, had come in the flesh, bore our sins and poured out his spirit so that we could live like kings and priests in the kingdom. Not in royal splendor with riches galore, but in the office of servant kings and priests. Yes, there are sometimes financial blessings that Father showers on us, and we praise God for those times. But most often, it's in the deprivation of worldly goods that he meets us most lovingly. It's in our weaknesses that he shows up strong. It's in our despair that he brings us joy. So I want to ask you all a question. Now, you don't need to respond to me, but I do want you to respond to God. Are you willing to be poured out as an offering to the Father for the salvation of other souls? Are you willing to spend time in prayer for their healing? Are you willing to serve in whatever capacity that you may be asked in order for the work of the kingdom to go forward? But most importantly, as Oswald Chambers asked in his daily reading, are you willing to do those things without feeling sorry for yourself when things get tough? I've had to say sorry. I've had to really examine myself over the past few months and say sorry when I got all grumpy and had several crybaggy days. But I did cry out to the Lord for strength, for the resources of heaven, for wisdom, even for a place to move into. And he graciously answered all my prayers He even sent me a dime to encourage me along with the prayers and the encouragement of all of you who prayed with me and for me. And I want to exhort you to strongly encourage you to see where God is calling you to count the cost, to make a decision to continue when the going gets tough, to not fall apart, but to fall into grace and the strengthening arms of Father God. We don't know what lies ahead, what the future will hold for any of us. We may be all goosebumpy now and think, yeah, I can do that. But when the going gets really tough, and I mean heartbreakingly tough, when every avenue seems to lead to a less than desired outcome, are you going to be willing to pay that price 
Like Mr. Chambers asked, are you willing to be poured out as a drink offering for others? Are you willing to follow in Paul's footsteps, in Peter's footsteps, in the footsteps of all the early apostles, and even in the footsteps of Jesus himself as he gave his life for us all? That's what being a disciple is all about. Following the discipline of the one who leads. As Jesus led without murmuring or complaint, only asking at the last moment if it could be any other way, but then surrendering to the task that was set before him. Are you willing to do that? I want you to take a few minutes and just think about that, what it might mean for you personally. Remember Jesus' words to Peter when Peter asked about the sacrifices they made. Peter says, Lo, we've left everything, and we've followed you. And Jesus answered, Truthfully, I tell you, there is no man or woman or child that has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake in the Gospels, that he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecution and in the world to come eternal life. That's out of Mark 10. Now, I know this is not quite a feel-good message, and it may sound like me being a doom and gloom kind of weeping prophet kind of speaker today, but the days are coming when we each will be faced with scenarios that will challenge us that will require all the spiritual strength that we can muster to get through, whether it's health issues or for those that we love or financial issues when we don't know where our next dime is coming from or any other possible situations. I want you to be prepared. I want you to be able to call on the strength of heaven to see you through. I want you to count the cost of being a servant of God so that you may reap the rewards of being a child of God. So my question is, are you? Are you prepared for that? Have you filled up your tanks with godly oil? Have you developed your relationship with Father God to the point where you know without a shadow of a doubt that he will see you through anything that comes? Can you say, as I spoke about a few weeks ago, I don't care. God loves me. This is the time when you can make your preparations. Get your relationship solid with God. Get to know the Holy Spirit intimately. And to allow the examples of Jesus' own life to lead you into that place where you can too can say with Paul, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. That's in Romans 8. And praise God for that statement, because that's exactly where we need to be. We need to be persuaded that nothing can separate us from the love of God, no matter what comes. When we get to that place, that state of mind, then nothing that happens to us will send us off on a wobbly for any length of time. 
Yeah, we may all get verklempt from time to time, but we will always come back to the same solid rock foundation. God loves us. So as we go through this next week, let's count the cost of our relationship. Find out where our weaknesses lie and get them shored up by the word of God and your intimate relationship with him so that when the storms do come, you will be prepared. You'll be able to call on the name of the Lord in all confidence that not only does hear, does he hear, but he cares. Sometimes we get to thinking when stuff is, is really grotty, God, you don't even care about me. You don't even care that I'm going through this nonsense. But that's not true. He does care. He does care. He's just waiting for you to come to him and say, Daddy, help me. I can't do this alone. Now, why am I saying all of this to you? So that you will be able to meet the needs of others as well as your own. You will be able to point them to the one who can change water into wine, provide tax money out of the mouth of a fish, heal the unhealable, and raise the dead. You will already have poured yourself out as a drink offering to the Lord and will be prepared to be the servant that he needs to reach others. Are you prepared? Are you ready? Are you counting the cost? Can you say truthfully with Paul, I don't care what happens to me. God loves me. I don't care the storms that come. God loves me and he will carry me through. If you're prepared to do that, then I want you to rededicate yourself. I saw something on Facebook that says, what do you mean rededicate? Did God go away? No, sometimes we miss the mark. And sometimes we need to rededicate and reaffirm to ourselves that we belong to God and he belongs to us and that he is our strength and he is our faithful one. He is our conqueror. He is our, he is our hero. We need to rededicate ourselves to those principles that no matter what happens to us, God will take care of us. Now, I told you my message was short today, and that's the end of it. But I want to pray for you. Father, I just ask in the name of Jesus that you pour your spirit out on each one of these people here today so that they may become the servants that you require, that they may be willing to pour out themselves as an offering for others, for the salvation of others, for the salvation of the people around them, for our congregation for the people that we know, the people that we want to come into our little church so that we may become a big church. Father, I ask that you bless each and every one of them with the power and the strength and the wisdom and the love and the mercy and grace that is you. Father, you inhabit the praises of your people. We praise you this morning. We praise you every day. So, Father, we're asking that you inhabit us with your strength and your grace and your mercy. Help us to count the cost, Lord, and to be willing to be prepared to pour ourselves out. In Jesus' name, amen.